Tartarus by Marcus Rose Episode 1 Albino A small, sharp hiss escaped the top of the tank as the pressurized air rushed out, brushing against Lily's fingers as she opened the feeding hatch. Every noise, even the small ones, were amplified by her gloomy, silent surroundings. Sophie patted the pockets of her jeans and heard one of them rattle. She felt the little plastic tub of fish food press against her thigh. She retrieved it, undid the screw top, quite tricky, but she got the hang of it eventually, and shook about half of the dry orange flakes inside into the tank. Like autumn leaves caught in a sudden breeze, the little fish, their brown skin dimly illuminated by the tank's nightlight, fluttered to the surface and began engulfing the fish food. Lily squinted in the darkness to see the plaque set into the wall next to the tank. Red-tailed butterfly fish, Ketodon collari, it read, can be found all along the southern Asian coast, from the Persian Gulf all the way to Japan and Indonesia. Lily tried to remember where Indonesia was, but gave up pretty quickly and looked at the small map in the corner of the display. It showed a snapshot of a part of the world that Lily had never been to, with certain areas shaded to show the habitat of the red-tailed butterfly fish. Lily noted that it wasn't particularly adventurous, it stayed close to the coast in the shallows, and that it didn't look very much like a butterfly at all. She closed the feeding hatch and snapped across the bolt that kept it shut. Feeling strangely guilty for making such a loud noise, as if her surroundings would be offended, Lily clicked a small padlock around the bolt and pushed the tank, which was on wheels, back into the matching recess in the wall. She drew a short wooden divide across the lower part of the tank, preventing it from moving and obscuring the electrical parts which controlled the heater, and locked it using one of the many keys on a ring that she kept looped around her belt. Another tank done. The fish swayed back and forth slightly in response to the movement, but seemed largely content. Lily took her phone out of her back pocket. The screen illuminated automatically, forcing her to squint, and displayed the time. 2.21am. Lily sighed. Five and a bit hours to go. There were parts about her summer job as a nighttime aquarist at the aquarium that Lily hated. Having to sleep most of the day, two days a week, initially sounded fine, but ended up being a major downside. She didn't get to go out with her friends on weekends, instead she merely got to receive their drunk texts while she was starting her shift on Friday evenings and see their Instagram pictures from the night before popping up as she struggled to get to sleep on Saturday mornings. However, the feeling that slowly settled over her in the dark, warm, 
silent aquarium in the small hours of the morning more than made up for her missing out on parties. There was something comforting, almost womb-like, about the aquarium at night. From the gentle hum of the heaters and purifiers that hug the tanks in the tropical sections, to the occasional small splash of a manta ray sweeping one of its wing-like fins across the surface of a large temperate tank. All the ambient sounds of the aquarium contributed to its soothing atmosphere. She would often sit quietly on one of the benches that were dotted around the building, closing her eyes and listening to the ambience, smiling and letting her mind drift. Sometimes she imagined that she was somewhere else, drifting in a raft on the ocean, aboard a spaceship far from Earth, or deep underwater in a submarine. These moments brought her peace and comfort, the likes of which she had never known until taking this job. There was one tank, however, that Lily felt differently about. One tank that made her decidedly uneasy. At the end of the aquarium, just before the gift shop, was the building's largest tank, Tank 106. It was displayed like a screen in a film theatre. Rows of seats lined the viewing room, and apparently many guests stayed looking into the tank for hours. The tank was almost 40 metres in height, and three times that in length. It was not the size of the tank that disturbed Lily, however. It was what it contained. Who it contained. Victoria. It was extremely unusual for such a large tank to contain only one animal. Initially, Lily had been told by the manager as he showed her around on her first day. Tank 106 had been home to a plethora of different fish. Manta rays, eels, even a couple of large crustaceans. Apparently, Victoria, for whom the tank had been specially built, had caused her cohabitants to behave oddly. The crabs had stopped eating. The manta rays started biting each other's fins. Gary, the aquarium janitor, had told Lily that the eels had tied themselves in knots, although she was pretty sure he was just winding her up. This is because Victoria was different from the aquarium's other inhabitants. She was special. There were only three aquariums in the world which housed adult whale sharks. The other two were both in China. So if Europeans wanted to see a whale shark, as the manager was fond of saying, they had to come to see Victoria. That was not where Victoria's significance ended, however. Victoria was an albino whale shark, the only one ever recorded. This meant that every week or so, another marine biologist from across the globe would want to observe her, and the display would have to be closed for a few hours while they dived in, filmed underwater footage, and ran experiments. 
It also meant that every now and again, protesters would pick at the aquarium, calling for Victoria's release, worried that the species' albino gene would die out. Victoria was an eerie sight, even in the daytime. She floated, ghost-like, swimming lengths of her tank again and again, always with one eye on the glass. Her size was as awe-inspiring as it was unsettling. Whale sharks are the largest fish on Earth, which Lily found easy to believe when she saw Victoria up close. Her smooth, slow motions seemed to conceal unimaginable strength. When Lily was in the room with Victoria, it felt as if it were her on display, not the massive shark. Lily tried to avoid going near Tank 106. She often took long detours to avoid it while performing her nightly duties. She always had to go in at least once, though, to sweep the floors. Victoria's admirers often brought food with them into the viewing room so as to be able to stare at her for extended periods of time without growing hungry. The result was that every night the floor was filthy with assorted crumbs, crumpled crisp packets, and discarded sandwich boxes, which Lily was responsible for cleaning up. Usually, Lily postponed this job until last, out of discomfort, but tonight she decided to get it over with early. Tank 106, like all the other tanks in the aquarium, didn't stay fully lit up at night. Most of the large lights that cascaded down from above, mimicking sunlight, were turned off. Only one dim light was left on, at the tank's very centre, meaning that much of the tank was left in complete darkness. This, combined with the fact that Lily had to turn on the overhead lights in the viewing room to see all the litter on the floor, meant that it was very difficult for her to see into the tank when she was clearing up. This provided little comfort. Lily was always certain that Victoria was watching her just beyond the glass, floating silently like some aquatic apparition. Watching, watching, watching. To distract herself from Tank 106, Lily put in her earphones and began listening to an audiobook on her phone before she started cleaning the viewing room. The story was sci-fi, one of Lily's favourite genres, and, although the writing left much to be desired, the narrator was giving it his all, presumably in an attempt to compensate. She listened in bemusement as he garbled the unintelligible speech of aliens and attempted to mimic the sound of an airlock depressurizing. Happily, she found herself quite distracted from the thought of Victoria, right up until she finished tidying. As Lily picked up the last piece of plastic wrapping from a Maltesers packet, the narrator was describing the view from the window of a space station. The unfathomable emptiness of space opened up in front of him, the velvet void of pure dark, and he wondered how it was possible to believe in God. What God, after all, would create so much cold, so much nothingness? Almost involuntarily, Lily looked up from her work and stared, eyes widening, at Tank 106. The only thing she could see in the glass was her own reflection, suddenly looking very small amongst the rows of velvet chairs. She put down her dustpan and brush, and began to walk over to the light switch for the viewing room, which was on a small panel at the front of the room, keeping her gaze locked on the glass. The narrator continued, What creator of peaceable soul and good intentions would permit there to be such incredible stretches of darkness in the universe? Lily reached the panel, placing her finger on the switch, never letting the tang out of her sight. Why would a god that created everything 
choose to create so much nothing. Lily turned off the lights. At first, she saw nothing. The small amount of light streaming into the top of the tank illuminated nothing but small particles of waste drifting in the depths of the container. Lily waited. After a few minutes, she began to walk towards the glass. After another few minutes, she had reached it and extended her hand, palm out, towards the surface. The glass felt unusually cold. The heaters on the tanks were turned down during the night to simulate the ocean's nighttime temperature, and she suddenly felt more awake, as if she had been in a trance. She looked deeper into tank 106. Victoria came from below. Her colossal head became visible first in the weak light, as smooth and broad as the prow of a great ship, followed by the curve of her back, interrupted by her dorsal fin, which arched like the blade of a scimitar. Even the fin was longer than Lily was tall. Victoria began to curve her path from the bottom of the tank, and as she did she slowed, eventually drawing level with Lily in the viewing room. Victoria's massive eye reflected the light from above like a mirror. Lily had the distinct feeling that Victoria's eye could see things that she could only imagine. It looked like more than a mere organ of sight. It looked as if it had seen everything that had ever happened and everything that will happen. Lily felt as if she was treading water in an unimaginably deep ocean, looking down and seeing her pale, naked legs surrounded by the endless watery void, out of place, trespassing and overwhelmingly vulnerable. Victoria and Lily moved at the same time, away from one another. Lily made a dash for her dustpan and brush, breathing heavily through her teeth and frequently glancing backwards over her shoulder at the whale shark, who was gliding steadily away from the glass, disappearing back into the impenetrable gloom. Lily hurriedly picked up her equipment with shaking hands and made for the exit. She took one more glance over her shoulder. Nothing but darkness greeted her from tank 106. Lily had considered quitting her job after her experience the previous night. After returning home, she had been virtually unable to fall asleep, and even when she did, she was troubled by dreams of Victoria. Her colossal, white, blade-like fins, her cavernous, gilled mouth, and her shining eye, as bright and large as the headlamp of a car. Tonight, she was planning to spend as little time in the room with Tank 106 as possible. Before Lily even entered the room, she put in her earphones and started playing cheerful music, loudly, to distract herself. She picked up her dustpan and brush and braced herself, breathing as evenly as she could before walking through the entrance. Lily glanced at the tank and abruptly froze. Her eyes stretched wide open, and her teeth set in an adrenaline-fueled grimace. Standing, face pressed up against the glass, was a man. The thought that it was a member of staff passed through Lily's head, but she didn't recognize him, and she'd met everyone who worked at the aquarium by now. He was completely motionless. When Lily removed her earphones, 
She could clearly hear him breathing heavily through his nose, which was squashed against the glass, making his breaths come out in loud hisses. Lily watched, frozen in horror, for several minutes, during which time the pace of the man's breathing steadily increased. Victoria was nowhere to be seen, presumably lurking in the darkness at the bottom of the tank. Suddenly, making Lily jump, the man let out a loud sob. Where are you? He hissed through gritted teeth. Why aren't you talking to me? Lily was petrified. She could feel the blood thrashing in her temples and thudding in her fingertips. Every hair on her body seemed to be standing on end, and her heart rate was thundering faster than she'd ever heard it before. The man gave another sob and sank to his knees, covering his face with his hands. Please, he whined, quieter and meeker than before. I need you. You know I need you. Please. Please. He raised a fist and slammed it into the tank, the sound echoing around the room. The impact was loud enough to take Lily off guard, and before she could stop herself, she gasped, bringing her hands up to her mouth. The man looked around, his desperate, tear-flooded eyes meeting Lily's for a split second before sprinting out of the viewing room. Lily heard a crashing sound coming from the gift shop and the smashing of glass. After taking a moment to recover, Lily made her way towards the exit and peered around the door into the gift shop. The man had knocked over a large display of souvenirs in his haste, and the glass door had been smashed, leaving broken pieces of glass scattered around it, nestling among the soft toy octopuses and postcards from the display. Lily stepped back into the viewing room and hunched over, starting to slow her breathing. She began to shake, and a couple of tears ran down her cheeks and into her mouth filling it with a taste of salt. After a few minutes, Lily composed herself, wiped her sleeve across her face and turned around, intending to make her way to the office and phone the police from there. Victoria was watching her from just beyond the glass, even closer than the night before, appearing unnaturally huge. Her white skin seemed almost to glow against the murkiness of the tank. When Lily's gaze rested upon her eye, Victoria moved closer still. Lily watched as Victoria's shining pupil, initially the size of a small dinner plate, contracted into a burning point of light, like a single star in a velvety pitch-black night sky. As Victoria broke from Lily's gaze and drifted into the dark recesses of Tank 106, Lily wondered how it was possible to believe in God.